Hey there, this is Ad Age editor Brian Breaker introducing Marketer's Brief, a new podcast under the Ad Lib umbrella. We will host the first several of them here and then spin it out into its own separate podcast entity. Hosted by our assistant managing editor for marketing, EJ Schultz, Marketer's Brief will help listeners understand the latest news from marketing land with the key players in the news and the Ad Age reporters who cover them. First up, zero-based budgeting is a term only an accountant would love, but the cost-cutting practice in recent years has become a major part of the playbook in the consumer packaged goods sector, propelled by the powerful private equity firm 3G Capital. But in the wake of the stunning fall of 3G-backed Kraft Heinz, which recently had to write down its assets by 15 billion with a B dollars, ZBB as it's called, is under new scrutiny, along with the entire cost-cutting regime that has spread across the CPG landscape. To learn why this could be a good thing for ad agencies in the broader marketing industry, let's go out to Chicago, where ad agents EJ Schultz and Jessica Wool break it all down, including what could be next for Kraft Heinz. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Quad. From its foundation and printing, Quad has transformed itself into a marketing solutions partner. When you're asked to do everything, ask Quad. And check out the new Quad at QUAD.com. Now, let's take it to Chicago. Greetings. My name is EJ Schultz. I'm the assistant managing editor of AdAge. I'm joined here in Chicago today by Jessica Wall, who covers food marketing for us. We're sitting here in Chicago, which has long been known as the corporate food headquarters of America, if not the world. Plenty of big food companies are based here, including Kraft Heinz, which a couple weeks ago made major news by writing down billions of dollars in assets in response to sluggish business trends. Jessica, you were covering this news every step of the way. So tell us, what went wrong at Kraft Heinz and, um, you know, what happened? So Kraft Heinz is the result of a 2015 merger, as many people know. But just to just to take a step back and, and put it in perspective, Kraft and H.J. Heinz linked up in 2015. And one of the reasons they did so was to be able to cut costs and, and really come out as a leaner, meaner company, get out there do some brand building, and keep rolling in the packaged food industry. Fast forward a few years, and the brands that they have really just aren't as hot as they used to be. And the cuts that they were making to be that lean and mean company didn't pan out the way they expected. They weren't able to cut the costs they thought they were going to be able to cut. They didn't make the numbers and achieve the financial expectations that they needed to. And here we are. And so why, why did this resonate so widely? Why is this a big deal beyond Kraft Heinz, you know, for, for the wider marketing world? When Kraft and Heinz got together, the rest of the consumer packaged goods industry was on notice. Everybody had to be ready. They had to be able to prove that their profitability was as strong as it could be. They had to figure out ways to squeeze out costs because otherwise there was an acquisition target on their back as well. Nobody wanted to be overtaken because they weren't because they were slow. All the companies that do a lot of marketing. Think about all the ads that you see on a daily basis. A lot of the consumer packaged goods companies are spending lots of money on advertising. They need to get their brands out there. They need to remind people while they're, why they are relevant. And all these guys were put on notice basically. So if the Kraft Heinz model isn't working, 
what does that say for both the, the marketers and the, and the agencies that they work with? And we really can't talk about this story without mentioning uh, 3G Capital. Um, 3G Capital is a private equity firm with roots in Brazil. And starting about, say, 10 years ago, they really started making noise in the U.S. market by investing in companies, taking ownership stakes of companies. And explain what role 3G has played with Kraft Heinz and, and why that makes this even such more of an important story. 3G's role cannot be understated. Uh, there's a lot of stories that we've written, you and I have written, and other people across across the, the food and marketing world have written about 3G's cost-cutting measures. Uh, examples include having agencies print out their own contracts that they need to sign and send back because the people at the 3G companies can't waste the paper and the ink to print out those contracts, right? These are the, these are the, this is the level of, of cost-cutting that we're talking about. At the same time, though, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, was the other architect of the Kraft Heinz deal. Um, a lot gets written about 3G and the role that 3G plays and the cost-cutting that it requires and demands. But Warren Buffett was along for the ride, too. And the storied brand history, particularly with Heinz Ketchup, and, and think about the brands that, that Kraft has had for decades, Planters, Oscar Mayer, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, those are the kinds of brands they thought they were going to be able to elevate while squeezing those costs out. So 3G comes along and has a track record, right? And we could talk about Anheuser-Busch and InBev in a second, but 3G has a track record of figuring out ways to run these businesses as profitably as possible. Right. If you if you talk to critics of 3G, they, they say that uh, what they're brilliant from an accounting standpoint, from a financial standpoint, but the critics would say they don't know how to build brands. Um, I think the 3G people would push back at that sum and the people inside these companies would push back at that sum and say, listen, you know, we've, as we were discussing, you know, they've run Super Bowl ads before, they have spent money on their brands, but there's a lot of people who basically say they have taken it to an extreme and it's not necessarily the media spending, right? It's the headcount reductions, the, the ridiculous things you were mentioning early about just, you know, forcing upon the employees this, this, this sort of really efficiency model that goes to an extreme, you know, printing on both sides of the paper, shutting down your computers every day before you leave the office. Right. And, and the morale around all of that has a lasting effect that is not something that can be measured in numbers. But if you think about it, if you're a marketer at a company that's been rolling along for decades and, and printing money, basically, I mean, these packaged food companies years ago were, were the place to work. Consumer packaged goods industry was a place that marketers aspired to get to. And then in comes this very financially savvy model from 3G, but that takes a bit of the love and the joy and the you know, eagerness to work on those brands out a little bit. And, and the vehicle by which they're cutting costs, I want to talk about that a little bit. It's, it's called zero-based budgeting, which kind of goes by the acronym of ZBB. And, you know, this is something I had really never heard of until like six years ago. And then suddenly everyone was writing about it, talking about it inside CPG. And it's because of 3G. They didn't invent it, but they popularized it. So let's talk a little bit about what that means and why people out there in, in the ad agency world, in the marketing world, need to pay attention to this. Because what's happening now with Kraft Heinz is really putting a spotlight 
on this cost-cutting method. Right. And it's, and it's worth noting, as you just did, that ZBB is not something 3G cooked up. It's, right. it's, a, it's, a marketing, it's, it's not a marketing fix. It has lasting implications across a variety of industries, not just CPG. But what it means is every year or every quarter, whatever, um, whatever period you're looking at, you have to start from zero. You have to prove why you get the budget that you get each right. year. So if a brand had a $200 million, mar- $200 million marketing budget in 2018, it is not guaranteed that in 2019 it's going to have that $200 million again. It has to prove why it should get $200 million or $150 million or whatever every single year across the company. And a lot of businesses have tried to replicate that model because, let's be honest, Kraft Heinz profit margins were better than pretty much everybody else in packaged food and maybe even in the broader consumer goods space because they were able to squeeze these costs out each year. They were able to find new ways to, you know, start at zero and not go up to 200. I mean, that sounds like a sensible thing, right? I mean, this is how we would manage our own personal finances, right? You don't start out every year and say, oh, I spent, you know, $3,000 on my car last year. I'm going to just automatically spend that again, no matter what happens. Um, but, but, so what went wrong or what, why is this sometimes seen as a negative thing when it seems pretty practical thing to do? It's practical, but it also takes time to see the results. Um, if you are, I don't know, let's, let's, let's give an example that doesn't have a, a brand attached to it, but if you're needing to prove your value every year, you should be taking risks. You should be doing fun stuff. You should be doing the kinds of stuff that's buzzy and talked about and gets your brand purchased and, and gets consumers to recognize your brand. And then once you do that, you have to prove it over and over again and again and again. So there's a lot of quick hit marketing. There's a lot of things that just are supposed to move the needle really quickly and show the results but then you have to prove yourself again and again and again, rather than being able to show long-term results. We were talking to analysts, too, in the wake of this Kraft Heinz situation that had told us that essentially what zero-based budgeting amounted to be was just basically a code word for cost-cutting. So the idea that it's, it's, it's just an efficient way to take a hard look at your business, um, maybe that wasn't the ultimate goal. Maybe the goal was basically to save money. And the old adage, right, you got to spend money to make money, maybe applies here? I think it does. I think Kraft Heinz in particular wants to be known for efficiency, efficiency across the organization, but including with its media budget. And if you are analyzing these companies, sure, you want to see efficiency and you want to see profit growth, but you also want to see longevity. And the brands that have to squeeze these costs out aren't necessarily thinking long term. Um, one of the analysts, one of the people who was at a consumer conference last month, uh, Kraft was not at the conference, but a lot of packaged food companies were at the conference. When they heard about what happened with Kraft Heinz, they said, making a, a 
a jab at 3G. How do you spell disaster in Portuguese? Hmm. That sums it up right there for me. I mean, it's a disaster that a lot of people didn't see coming. Let's let's take a step back and think about what happened back in 2015. And you and I were both covering Kraft Heinz at the time. In 2015, when that deal happened, the next question out of everybody's mouth was, how soon is it going to be before Kraft Heinz gobbles up another company? Right. Right? And fast forward, we're almost four years after the deal, the deal closed, and it has not bought a major company. And the interesting part of this, too, is we're seeing 3G for, for years was just such a Wall Street darling. Um, the analysts seemed to love what they were doing and, and put a lot of trust in their method. And I think that what the lasting upshot of this whole Kraft Heinz situation, too, is, is that the, the, the bloom has sort of come off the rose of 3G a little bit. It's interesting. Just last week, Anheuser-Busch, who's um, – there are 3G shareholders who basically have a stake in, in Anheuser-Busch. Um, they reported a pretty good fourth quarter last week, and they gave a nice outlook for 2019, and it was a pretty decent earnings report. But we're, we still saw plenty of articles in the financial press in the days after their earnings sort of lumping Anheuser-Busch back in with 3G and saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, the 3G model's under question. Can you really cost-cut your way to success anymore? So broadening that out a bit and talking about the industry we cover, isn't this a good thing for for advertising community? Because this is basically saying, listen, you got to spend more on your brands. You've got to, you know, you've got to hire ad agencies to build your brands. So could this be a tipping point that actually maybe results in more work for ad agencies, to put it pretty simply? It could. I think you're going to see the potential for a bit more risk-taking by these companies. These organizations now have to grow in a way that they didn't have to grow before. You can't cost-cut your way to growth long-term. And for the past few years largely because of the 3G model, consumer packaged goods companies have been cutting their costs and behind the scenes working on some innovation. Some have more innovation than others. And now is the time where you're going to see them touting that innovation. You're going to see brands coming out, new brands or line extensions, a variety of things that have been announced over the past few months are going to be coming out from a wide variety of consumer packaged goods companies, and they all need to promote them. They all need to get these names out and these flavors out there. And so that provides a lot of work for ad agencies. Uh, the question remains to be, the question for me remains, what kinds of campaigns are we going to see and which agencies are going to get that work? I think of a brand like Kraft Heinz last year announced and brought out this brand called Just Crack an Egg, which was a mixture of brands. Largely, it's a Rida potato brand. But it had, it's a cup and it has Orida potatoes, Kraft cheese, and Oscar Mayer meat in a cup. And you, as the name suggests, just crack an egg and cook this breakfast for yourself. Let's put aside the fact that that seems very time consuming when apparently people are too lazy to pour cereal and milk into a bowl. But have you tried this yourself, Jessica? Full disclosure, I have not tried it because I am able to crack an egg into a frying pan myself and cook myself an egg sandwich, which I do quite a lot. So I I still do have to try the just crack an egg, I suppose. Um, I also don't tend to eat meat for breakfast, so I might not be the right target audience for this. But we digress. The point is, 
the budget for a brand launch like that is not what it used to be. Um, even if you look at Kraft Heinz's Devour, which had a Super Bowl ad this year, that brand actually launched in 2016. It took almost two years before Kraft Heinz was comfortable enough to put it in, in the real Super Bowl. It did do a joke, fake Super Bowl thing previously, which we won't get into on this podcast, but you can absolutely read about it on adage.com. But my point is it took two years at Kraft Heinz to prove the value of a brand new brand that it decided to launch to get Super Bowl money. Um, I think years ago, if a consumer packaged goods company had such a big bet that it wanted to make, it would have splashed that on the Super Bowl right away. Yeah. Um, but you're seeing you're seeing some innovation. You're seeing some risk taking. I wouldn't say you're seeing gigantic bets. So we talked about how CPG, you know, at one point was considered sort of the gold standard of marketing, and it was where all the hotshots would go work and a lot of big name people in the industry. And it's it's basically not like that anymore. I think you've seen more of the energy go to financial services. A lot of the hot startup companies, everyone wants to work for Uber or, um, you know, one of the hot new direct to consumer direct to consumer brands. brands. Yeah. Um, but playing this out a little, could, could this create an opportunity um, to lure more people back to CPG if there is this idea that it's an industry in need of help and that it really needs to start building better brands? Or has that ship sailed? Is, is, are we basically left, are these companies basically left trying to, to just, you know, use these brands as cash cows and, and try to survive as long as they can? That's a $15.4 billion question, there AJ. You go. I see these companies surviving. I don't see them all thriving. Reality check, they are not all going to be, you're not going to see the same CPG companies a decade from now that we have in the market today. There are some who are taking some interesting steps. You're seeing, particularly in food, you're seeing major companies wake up and realize that their business models don't make sense anymore. You've got Tyson investing in vegan and other plant-based products. Tyson, the company that built itself on, on meat and poultry, right, is now selling vegan food. What? That would not have happened a decade ago. You've got Danon or Danone and Chobani, two huge dairy companies, coming out with non-dairy yogurts and other products because they realize that consumer tastes are changing. Some of the packaged food companies have been slower to respond to those, to those changing trends. And Kraft Heinz is one of the ones that's been a bit slower. And so will Kraft Heinz be around in the same way in a decade? I don't think so. Something's going to change. I'm just not sure what it is. And for marketers, the question is, do you want to be along for the ride? It could be bumpy, but it also could be a lot of fun. If brands, are, if brands are being created at these companies or with startups, there are a lot of venture capital funds started by packaged food companies. There are a lot of acquisitions. There are a lot of ways for smaller brands to get the research and development backing of a packaged food company. That could be a fun place to play. 
And to be fair to 3G, uh, we've got to point out too, they, they have done some innovative things within some of these companies. I mean, Burger King, which they have an owners, ownership stake in, right? I mean, they were, I think, the, the marketer year at Cannes a couple of years ago, and they've really been known for their sort of scrappy challenger marketing going after McDonald's. Even Anheuser-Busch, I mean, they've created um, an entity that is solely, that they're treating as a startup called ZX Ventures. So they're, they're definitely out there trying stuff. And I think possibly what this Kraft Heinz situation is, is, is going to lead to is maybe them even experimenting more with, with those kind of innovative things. Uh, before we leave, uh, I did want to ask you, you know, we're sitting here in, in March, early March. Um, the year's just begun. Like, what do you think the state of play at Kraft Heinz is going to be at the end of the year? I mean, are they going to start to sell off some of these brands? We saw a report that maybe Maxwell House was under review. I mean, do, do you think their days as this big food conglomerate are numbered or are they still going to be in acquisition mode? Maybe they'll get bigger. What, what's your prediction? I think there will be some small brands that get sold off. Maxwell House is a bit of a surprise to me only because, as you just mentioned, cash cows. I mean, that's a business that seems to be humming along just fine. There are plenty of people who want their coffee to be good to the last drop. Is that the Maxwell House slogan? Did I, I get that you right? you got it. We'll, we'll run that... a correction if it's not. Okay. Um, but there will be some brands that that go away. Um I think there will also be a little bit of, I don't want to say reflection, but the, this year, Kraft Heinz pretty much came out and said, let's, let's look past 2019. By 2020, we're going to have profits and sales up again. Everybody, just let's, let's just get our house in order in 2019. What that means, getting the house in order, could mean the sale of a brand like Maxwell House, could mean eliminating some of the product lines within a portfolio. Uh, I haven't taken a, a really close look business by business to say what's going to go away, but the Canadian re refrigerated business or the Canadian retail business is the other business that was a big asset right down for Kraft. Uh, obviously, Kraft and Oscar Mayer are the ones that are going to be in the headlines, but what do they need the Canada business for? You know, What could they do to, to revitalize that business or maybe get out of it in some, to, in some way? Um, I don't think we're going to see them do a big acquisition in 2019 just because they've got to get their own house in order. But down the line, if they do and if their stock rebounds enough, then they have the buying power to, to buy up maybe a smaller food company. Right now, I don't think they have the buying power or the appetite. So I think the bottom line really is CPG marketing the industry itself is suddenly become interesting again. And I know you'll be there every step of the way and, and readers can, can find your coverage on adh.com, including the story we've, we've posted this week, taking a look at what this whole Kraft Heinz situation could mean for, for ad agencies. And uh, I think that'll do it for us here in Chicago. All right. Thanks for joining. Great to be here. Okay. Thanks, EJ. Bye-bye.
That was Ad Ages, EJ Schultz and Jessica Wool on our new podcast, Marketer's Brief. Be sure to look for it again next Monday. Uh, I want to thank Max Sternlicht for producing this episode. I'm Ad Age editor Brian Breaker. Be sure to check us out at adage.com. In the meantime, we want to thank our sponsor, Quad. Quad's experience helping clients execute complex marketing programs drove its transformation from a printer to a strategic and creatively driven powerhouse. You can learn more about the new Quad at quad.com, and you can learn everything you need to know from us at adage.com. Be sure to subscribe to us at iTunes. You can listen to us at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, wherever there are good podcasts. Come back next week. Tell a friend. Mm -hmm.